This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kine. Well, hi, I'm Troy. I'm, um, I'm a consultant in the metrics and the forecasting space. And I guess, you know, the question you always get is, how do you describe yourself to your mother? So uh, when my mother was alive, she said, I don't know what you do. And at first I sort of said, I help people move post-it notes and avoid paper cuts, a la Kanban. Then I sort of said, what do I do now? I teach mathematics, simple mathematics to executives. This is the first episode of a series with Troy McGinnis, Man of Metrics. And today we have a special guest. Peter Minowski, I'm a technical coach um, helping teams do things right. And I'm interested in how to achieve that balance of doing things right against doing the right thing and doing things sustainably and that quality. So I'm interested in Troy's way of approaching metrics. So, Troy, what's your unique method for collecting metrics for organizations? Well, unique me- <laughs> So, uh, normally, it's actually having one. That's the unique method. Get that out I of here. Use. You it's have a method? Have- <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, interesting. So, the, the point is, I find that, uh, you know, there are sort of three metrics that organizations need to sort of measure to manage the organization. You know, one is, is in metrics in choosing the work that you want to do or you should do. So, you know, making sure that you're choosing the right work. And then there's sort of metrics for tracking status. And we excel at that. Like when I go into organizations, status tracking, knowing how much work is not being done is is an excel sort of uh, skill level. And then there's sort of metrics about what we delivered, did it have any impact? So I often first go in and I challenge those organizations, what are you good at now? And they're normally really good at status got some methods for choosing the work they're doing and absolutely zero methods about sort of measuring the impact of the work they've previously delivered. So I ask them sort of, well, if you were 10 times better at one of those factors of measurement, what one would change the business the most? And they all agree that status is last and that sort of measuring the outcome and of what they've delivered is probably the one that would change their organizational trajectory the most. So normally, my method for collecting metrics is to get them realize what they're not measuring yet, but should be based on if we did measure it, would it make a difference? And uh, that tends to help sort of set them down a pathway of understanding, huh, uh, maybe sort of it's better getting some telemetry about usefulness of, of the features we've delivered might help us understand how to change those or what to enhance and do more of in the future. So my unique method is in um, finding out what they're not measuring. Ah, uh, there we are. Okay. How do you go about finding out what they're not measuring? Well, so the not measuring is... A very common practice. So one of the things I've learned or, you know, I like to teach is the fact that if you do show a metric, if you put a metric on a dashboard or a PowerPoint deck or make it visible in the lunchroom, you do end up changing and altering behavior of the people who are receiving that message. They, they will sort of want to do something with it and they'll want to sort of have input and a conversation about it. So what happens is whenever we sort of show a metric, what we've got to look for is that 
people's human instinct doesn't cause them to overachieve that single metric. So I'm, I'm all about sort of saying, you know, um, if you measured this, what would be the early warning signs that you're doing too much of that or that you're changing an organization too fast and it's incapable of uh, achieving that and everything else it needs to do to sort of maintain sort of a level of performance. And I borrow heavily on some work from Larry Mascheroni sort of in the early days there when he did sort of great work called The Impact of Agile Quantified. And you can Google that, The Impact of Agile Quantified, and see all of his videos on that. But what he sort of threw together was four basic dimensions of metric that if you miss any one of them, you can't really guarantee that you're not doing more harm than good in sort of showing the others. And there's the obvious ones, right? I mean, the easy example is like if we look at how much we're doing throughput or velocity or some measure of flow, tell your teams to achieve that, then ask the question, well, what would you do to achieve that by not really achieving that? Well, we would just sort of split the stories more or we would just bump our estimates up or we would sort of just choose really simple, easy, small work from the backlog. So by putting a velocity chart up, what you may be encouraging, unless you have another measure, is that they're just cherry-picking items in the backlog that have no value but are really fast and simple and easy to do. They might be sort of just splitting stories so you're not getting more value delivered to the customer. You're just getting a higher apparent throughput of busy work. Or they might be sort of rushing the work to get more out so fast that they might be impacting quality. So we know now that the other three, at least three other dimensions we want to measure is a measure of value delivered. We want to measure quality. And we sort of want to measure the fact that they're not just achieving that by being like getting it one week and not another and huge sort of peaks and troughs of throughput over time, which make it incredibly unpredictable. So the way I get them to see what they're not measuring is by challenging them about what they are measuring and if you did overachieve that, what would you want to put some guardrails around to make sure you don't achieve that at, at some other cost? So it's all about sort of finding and challenging the teams to balance those competing and intention dimensions. And uh, I do that by asking them how they're going to game the metric I'm showing. <laughs> I feel like you're going to script all our vanity metrics, all those ones that, you know, that look really good, that we're happy about. <laughs> do you find that companies kind of tend to measure things that are easy to measure and shy away from measuring things that are hard. Yep. I mean, that's, uh, that's, that's a very sort of common trait. And the, uh, you know, I mean, if we define easy things to measure, it probably comes down to what does our tool measure automatically? And our tool vendors shouldn't get the memo that uh, we're not manufacturing screws. So a lot of the charts and metrics that are in the tooling by default, which by default, then are easy to measure, are um, suffer from this sort of um, tunnel vision approach of vanity metrics almost, right? Like, sure, cycle time scatter plots are great, but what might that cause? Uh, it might cause people to sort of think that anything that takes even slightly longer than normal is bad, but they might be the highest valuable things you're doing because they're hard. So, um, yeah, the easy metrics tend to be the ones which the tools do by default. And the other easy metrics are the ones that make someone else feel that they're monitoring status well enough that they're not last to know about something. 
<laughs> so I see the easy metrics are of, you know, like uh, give me a red, amber, green sort of status on what we're, where we're at in these stories or, or burn downs on velocity or something like that. But, uh, you know, they, they might be okay, but they're not the only metrics you need. So when we get into the counterbalance metrics, the metrics which protects us from overdoing those, they are harder to measure, so they're always absent. And a classic example is value. You know, I don't know any company I've gone into which from day one I've moved in there, they've had a nice little chart of, of customer value delivered. It's always a proxy metric on just, well, we're delivering stories. We must be delivering value. And the other one is, is um, you know, are we abusing our developers so that it doesn't matter what we recorded because they're so exhausted, it's not going to continue in the future. So, you know, the value, the sustainability of the team's pace, and uh, probably quality are the three which are really hard to get but the three which turn out to be the most valuable in protecting against or most understanding where a system is starting to fail. But the velocity and throughput are easy, cycle time's easy, and um, you know the variability of the throughput or velocity is pretty easy. So half of the six dimensions I talk about are always present and easy, and then half of the ones I think you need to protect against the abuse of those are missing. Agile Grande teaches you systems thinking through dramatic storytelling, such as Carter takes a job to improve a logistics company's adaptability, but efforts to scale agile practices are being blocked by Mr. Chernesky, a vice president who's organized the company into siloed pigeonholes in order to secretly make millions with a dark web shipping service. Carter's life is in danger, he goes underground, and a spy agency hunts for him. When Carter uses systems thinking, systems modeling, and organizational change to save his company and his life, you get to learn how to apply that to your organization as well. Get your free copy of Agile Grande at leanpub.com. Are you enjoying the episode so far? You know what would go with this episode really well? That would be some show notes. You've never heard of show notes? You know, if you're using a podcast player, they show up right inside of your podcast player for easy tapping. You just got to scroll into it. Now, if you downloaded this from a website, Go back to that website and you will find on that webpage the show notes and there'll be links back to Troy's company, the link to Troy's repository of Excel spreadsheets for tracking metrics and all kinds of good stuff. So find those show notes and you will find that cool specific content. Next episode, more Troy McGinnis. Yeah, it's, I've not found a case where the team itself hasn't already known it and already been saying it. So your job when putting metrics in place is to help other people see what the team already knew. 